that value is the gap that fear has created every business every business that thrives thrives because they are filling a gap in the market episode of Cohort series with Olga Victor. Now, today, what I'm talking about, what I'm going to be talking about today is uh, something that is quite controversial and controversial because we have been made to believe that, because we have been made to believe that there is nothing good that can come out of fear. And I'm here coming and saying that there is actually a whole lot of good that can come out of fear from business people, from creatives. That is, you can harness it. You can harness the power in fear to to achieve great things, to achieve wonderful things. So you can say that um, here, the oh, the sinestro of uh, Nigeria uh, recruiting soldiers for the Yellow Lantern Corps. Now, if you don't know the, if you're not into core comics, you might not know the Yellow Lantern Corps. But if you know Green Lantern, then maybe you can check out the Yellow Lantern Corps. Uh, but just a brief breakdown the yellow lanterns they their power you know the green lanterns their power comes from will there's the power of will and their color is green yellow lanterns their own power comes from fear so they harness the fear of people what they do is they make sure you get scared and the more scared people get the more powerful they become so now what power what positive thing can come out of fear? Now, let's get one thing straight, or let's get one thing down. Life is a risk. Life is a risk, a very big risk. In fact, life is so risky that no one can get out of life alive. You cannot get out of life alive. Alive. That is how risky life is. And it is because of this risk that so many people are living in fear. But the truth of the matter is that every great invention, every great thing that has come out was born out of fear. How do I mean? And please, don't, don't cut my neck off yet until you, you're done listening to this. Um, let me start with transportation. Initially, it was just, um, the, the means of transport was just the legs, legadies bends, you know, man would walk from one location to the other location, nomads. And then from legs with um, man felt, what if one day out of fatigue, my legs break or something, or something happens and I can't walk anymore. And then the beast of burdens came. And then from the beast of burdens, what if one day these guys just fall off and die because there is no water or there is no um, hay, there is no yeah, there's no way for them to eat or something. And then. The beast of boarding, bicycles, from bicycles, you got the car, from the car, and then what if my mom is sick? Or what if something happens and you need to get there very fast? The beds, they don't need to go through a route on the floor. Flying by air is faster. And then airplanes came up. Now, you will discover that with every invention, it is because someone was afraid of something. The armored cars that we have was because someone felt, ah, I have so much money and 
something could happen insecurity someone could just stop me by the road or armed robbers or whichever one and shoots me dead how do i save myself and all this came up with all the assassinations of top presidents and the other like okay we can actually have an armored car and that came up so how do you harness fear harness the power in fear like a yellow lantern core uh, like the yellow lantern core and use it to your own advantage as a business owner or as a creative in delivering your uh, in delivering your services now the last the last episode i talked about communicating with clients and one thing i said was that people pay for the value you give to them and not for this and not necessarily for the service not necessarily for the software not necessarily for the thing that you're for the service you're rendering to them or the software you're using they are paying you because of the value that they are getting from you and that value is the gap that fear has created every business every business that thrives thrives because they are filling a gap in the market water those in the water in the water industry those in the food industry or water let me use water they are thriving because people are thirsty those in the food industry people will always eat food so what happens is people just try to modify and modify and modify do something that is different but the main thing is they are filling a gap the gap with the security vehicles the armored vehicles was how do i save myself from gunmen from sniper shots from uh, a robbery when i'm in my car i should feel safe when i'm going out that is a gap security and people came and filled that gap and now anyone into the security vehicle into the security business and they are providing kind of vehicle they are making it so fear creates a gap in the market and how you are going to try how you are going to ensure that you are doing or making the best for yourself is if you find a way to fill that gap and the only way you can find that gap the only way you can find out the gap that is existing is if you are able to communicate well with your clients now you can now see that all these things are tied together my next episode i'm going to talking about negotiating with clients and all these things they are all tied they are all linked finding the gap you can never find out the gap that is in the market or the gap that the client is trying to fill if you have not communicated with the client. Personally, I do not recommend questionnaire filling. I do not recommend it when you are trying to find out things with your client. I don't recommend it because when, you are, when the client is filling the questionnaire, it's either at some point the questionnaire gets boring or they are not going to answer the questions as they should. They just answer, well, I just want to fill this form and, get, and, get, uh, and be done with it. But when you are discussing with them, you get to hear the tone of their voice. You get to hear, if, if it's even a physical meeting, you get to see their facial expressions. You get to see the way they say things. You get to see how easy or uneasy they are when you ask certain questions. All these things are going to give you clues on exactly what these clients want. You, 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 you then get to be able to create a product that, that meets that need and not necessarily because one thing you should understand is this some clients don't really know what they want and it's your job as the creative it is your job as a business owner it's your job to be able to tell them like from what we have discussed from what you have told me this is actually what you need i had a session with a client uh, that was 
I think last month or early this month and she wanted to set up um, a kind of um, restaurant in the east uh, in, in the eastern part of Nigeria and um, we got I you know started asking questions and asked her why she wanted to fix in that place and she told me and I asked her why the business like what exactly is the business existing for and she said that there are people who are um, who want healthy food you know uh, confectionaries but healthy food that in fact her major point is she just wanted people to eat healthy food that she sees what people are eating but it's not healthy enough and I asked her okay how much do you sell your product or how much are you going to be selling your stocks and she gave me the amount and I said okay so if someone comes and says I can't pay this amount are you willing to compromise the quality of your food for the cost that are given to people because initially she was all about i don't want it to be too expensive and the whole thing and when i asked that question to like oh she has not seen it from that point of view and then i even told her that look because of this kind of business they are setting up because of the kind of people they are looking at as your clientele as your target audience where you are saying you want to set up shop is not going to be the ideal place in fact if you ask me this is me talking to her now do your stuff from home instead of going to work the money you want to use to buy a shop to rent a shop to rent a space in the environment you want to rent the space use it push it into your business work from home and do deliveries because the people you are looking for are not going to come to that environment you want to go to so sometimes they don't know all these things and her fear was her fear was, I feel the best way, I feel that the best way is me getting a shop. I just have to get a shop first. I just have to get a shop. Once I get, uh, uh, once I get uh, an outlet, then brand it, do the best of brandings and people are going to come. I have to make her to understand that the shop or the, the, the restaurant space is not the most important thing. The most important thing is setting up your restaurant where the people you are looking for are going to find you so talk to your clients find out what their fear what their pain point is what are they actually afraid of what is it that do they, what is it that they are trying to solve what do they want to do once you're able to find these things it is easier once you find out all these things it becomes easier for you to fill the gap that they're trying to fill or to, to find out the gap you fill that gap and you hit the point you hit, you know it's it's a home run for you so in summary maximize the power in fear for your business and how do you do this find out the gap that that fear has created for whoever comes to you as a client fear creates a gap your job should be to fill that gap and that is how you are going to make progress that is how you are going to make your sales that's how you are going to make uh, 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 you are going to excel in your business Fill the gap. Don't set up business. Don't start something simply because other people are doing it. That is not why you should start something up. Start it because you want to fill the gap. Because that way, when you are filling that gap, you go beyond price wars. You go beyond fighting unnecessary battles because you don't know. You see, one thing we fail to understand is this. Everybody gets into business for various reasons. Um, they might all be in the same industry. You might see about 10 businesses, 
um, doing the same thing, but every single one of them are in that business for different reasons. So if you come in and you're just looking at this person from the outside and say, I want to be like this person, you don't know why the person had started off that business in the first place. You don't know who the person's audience is. You don't know why the person is where the person is. And you're like, I just want to do that. Just like the way most designers are right now and they're like, I just want to go into UIX. I just want to go into UIX. Some of them don't even know what UIUX is. There is something important, something positive in fear. So there is something good in fear. Something that if we find out how to harness it, how to fill that gap, we are going to find ourselves in the best of places. We are going to see our, our, our brands achieving great heights. So thank you very much for taking our time to listen to me. And um, please, please, please and please, don't forget to hit, to make this uh, podcast your favorite um, so that once a new episode drops, you are going to be the first person, you are going to be among the first people to get the notification that a new episode has dropped. Thank you very much for taking our time again. God bless you. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Crow Hop series with Olga Victor. Today we are going to talk about negotiating with clients, the triple A strategy. Now, of course, for those of us who see movies or into movies, you will remember um, the Hitman's wife's bodyguard, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson. And if you remember in the movie, they had the status that Ryan was always about. That's a triple A status for the bodyguard. So I kind of borrowed that triple A from there. Except this time I had to define the triple A. So the first A for assessment, the second A for assemble, and the third one for action. Negotiating with clients using the triple A strategy is more of how to ensure that your negotiation goes out properly, how to ensure that your negotiation goes on well using this strategy. And this strategy is more of um, a summary, a combination of virtually everything that you might discuss. Of course, one of the one of my earlier podcasts actually tried as much as possible to go a little bit in depth in what you need to discuss with your clients. But this time around, I kind of did a, um, more of a grouping for all that needs to be said. So, negotiating with clients, the triple A strategy, the first A assessment. Now, the, name, the names I use or the words I use to represent, I tried as much as possible to make them self-explanatory. So, assessment. Assess, in assessment is where you need to find out exactly what your deliverables are going to be, what your job description is. Someone cannot come to you and tell you, or you are trying to get a job pitch, or you are pitching a job, or someone calls you and tells you, okay, I need you to do this. And I said, okay, fine. I need a logo or I need a designer. Like, okay, fine. This is how much it's going to cost. You cannot know how much you're going to charge for something without knowing exactly what you're going to do. People come to me and like, oh, I need this. I need this design. And like, um, this is what I want to do. And the whole thing, I'm like, okay, fine. Um, I, need, I need to start asking questions. And even as much as flyers, Sometimes, and I use the word sometimes because 
you see flyer design for instance has is one of the will i say most simple most simple most simple jobs that carries uh, the most problems most problem because there are some people who because just it's just a flyer they charge 1000 for it and they start working and it takes longer because you never discuss about imaging imagery you never discuss about um, the content of the flyer you never even discover about a whole lot of things so you just get to the job you do something for the design a client comes and says mm, i don't like this and all assessment get to know exactly what is expected of you get to know what um, you are supposed to get from them know what you need know what what they need from you why did they call you in the first place what exactly do they want they want a logo what kind of logo they want a design what kind of design what kind of things are needed in this logo what do you want from them what uh, uh, what do they want you to give to them all these things are things that you need to find out where are they going to be using these designs who are they going to be giving the designs to in fact you need to even find out if the person you're even talking to is the final decision maker because it might happen that the person you're talking to only is more like um, uh, a middleman of a middleman of a middleman and then when you feel you've gotten to the final stage you only discover that this person is answerable to about 10 people and so you finish making decision with this person you might even have gone for the person comes and says oh i'm sorry um the team has said or my boss have said or the decision makers have said that this cannot work or this this and this and this and that so assessment find out exactly where your deliverables are find out exactly who I find out who are those that are going to be on the decision making table who makes the final decisions who holds the reign who 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 calls the shots find out all this and then the second one the second a assemble in assembling assembling is more of bringing together all the resources that you'll be needing now mind you or remember that negotiating with clients is not the final delivery time because some of you will think that oh okay um this negotiation negotiation thing is we finally reached a price or something i know negotiating with clients is supposed to give you an idea an exact idea of what you need to do before you now give them a price tag give them your invoice to tell them okay this is how much you're going to be charging for this or this is the exact amount you're going to be charging for this project so assembling is okay let me use um, a logo for instance assembling oh we need to do this we need to do this we need to do this and then um we need logo animation we need a 3d um aspect we need to do some others renderings and the whole thing you're not a 3d guy you're not a 3d artist you're not you're not an animator which means that you need to bring on board 3d graphics artists and motion designers for the logo animation and for the 3d aspect and you cannot know how much these guys are going to charge except you have known the exact kind of thing they would be needing the clients now so that when you bring these guys on board and you explain to them okay this is exactly what i need they can tell you okay this is how much it's going to be and then you factor in all these costs into your invoice so 
assembly needs you are bringing all the resources that you need and when i mean resources i'm not talking about the laptop and then the software that's not what i'm really talking about what i'm talking about is resources it could be fonts it could be images do you need to buy images what fonts do you need to buy so um all the resources that you have be needing it could be mock-ups it could be fonts it could be um people or designers or creatives that you're collaborating with um from other fields you might even need to collaborate for instance if you are going to do a website now um let me say this let me say this as much as it is good to be um because there's this slogan that most people do or use that my brand or my agency is going to be the one stop for all your design needs it is good it's not bad it's not bad but if you must do that if you must do that make sure that you have competent hands professional hands around you that can do all that i i remember um i was talking to um, a client that was about some weeks back and he calls and like that they needed me to do to be their ui ux because we've actually been working discussing actually discussing on the project for quite a while and when we began initially he mentioned the ui ux thing and i told him i'm not a ui ux designer if you need one then i'm not the one you need and i said i think when he's when we spoke and he and I, I, he asked for my portfolio i sent to him and then maybe possible probably because of the way we discussed and the way i discussed with him and my portfolio is like he really loves my portfolio and he wants us to work that i might not be a ui, UI ux designer but he's going to make sure that i am on the team so this time around, i was like a week back uh, i think a week or two ago and he we he comes again like he's sorry that it's like it's taking this long that just that he needed to make sure that all the resources everything that he needs is on ground before we kick off so that am i still on board you know the ui and i said i'm not a ui ux designer that if you need one and you know while i was discussing with him a friend of mine was around and i was like but victor if you wanted to you can do this now why not and i told him something i said look i am not going to be the kind of person who is going to use people's money or people's projects to learn a trade, to learn something that people are paying me for this job and I'll be like okay let me just keep the money in my pocket and then use them to learn the work that is the is a very dangerous thing to do it's a very unprofessional thing to do it's a very bad thing to do if anything goes wrong if anything goes wrong you are losing the trust of your client you are going to end up spending more money because what happens is at that point then you need a professional and then you bring the professional on board he gives you his own fees and you try to negotiate try to negotiate try to negotiate to bring it down but the truth is you're going to have to spend more and that's what happens where you see some people come back and say hey sorry that money that you changed before that things changed to dollar went up or something is a lie dollar did not go up it's just that they have messed up and at this point in time they are trying to look for remedies some of them not all so don't ever fall into that trap of i need more money and then you try to sideline or push out every other professional or it's up you to bring people on board to do this thing for you you push them out and so whenever people ask me i tell them from the very onset i don't do this this is what i do 
but I have a team that I if it's some if if it's of course if it's something that I I already that I have someone working with me uh, for that like I have someone who's going to do this but if it's whether I want himself uh, Victor himself is going to be the one doing this then it's not me and I feel that and really that level of honesty it pays now for this uh, this client that I was mentioning when I told him that I said I don't do you in fact let me even tell you the truth I have never opened the software that they use I have never opened it so I don't even know what the interface looks like so I'm not and I'm not going to want to waste your time by telling you I do it and use you to learn and then spoil your job spoil the, your brand name and the whole thing and he said oh okay no problem and this is good fine no problem you are not this so what do you do and i said um i'm a brand i'm a brand consultant identity designer and manager and he says okay so if we bring possibly okay the ui ux designers or they've done their own i will bring it to you you can actually like you know okay it and i said yes that's the management aspect and he said okay good and fine you will do that for us. Now, imagine if I had said, I'm a UIX designer, or I can do it. And I now say, okay, I can do it. Out of fear of, let me not lose this client, or let me not lose this job. And then they say, okay, fine, let's go ahead. I have never done a UIX job before, so I don't even know how much the charge will probably be. And I open the software and I'm seeing things that I don't even understand and I end up doing nonsense and I get to him and I'm like, I saw you're a professional, I mean you're a vaunt, why would you be doing something like this? And we keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and at the end of the day, I end up spending more than I would have even gained. So, assessment, um, sorry, assembling, bring all people that you need. If you need to collaborate, please collaborate, please collaborate. I think it's high time that designers should stop focusing on how much I'm going to gain if I did everything by myself and looked more on my time is precious. When I, when I started focusing more on my time and the client's time, it became easier for me to charge. There are some, there are some jobs, there are some projects that I have rejected because when I looked at it, I discovered that it is not worth my time. Not worth my time, not because they are not going to pay me, but not worth my time because I might have worked with this person before, I know that this person is going to be problematic, and even the amount of money that he is given might not even be worth the stress. And even if the money was worth the stress, my time is precious to me. And I believe that if there is anything that any project I'm working on, I should be happy I am working on those projects. If it's going to take me months, if it's going to take me weeks, if it's going to take me days, even if it's going to take me seconds, I should be happy I worked on those projects. So focus on your time and not on the money. Because truth is, when I started focusing on my time as a major factor, I discovered that my time is, is precious and it's expensive. So if you're going to bring me to work on a project, you should be able to pay me something that is worth that time because there are so many other things I could do with that time. Even if I was sleeping or I was playing a game, it is worth it. So if you're going to stop me from playing a game or stop me from sleeping or stop me from seeing a movie, you should pay me enough to allow me to leave that movie to come work for you or work with you. So um, I've talked about assessment, I've talked about assembling, and the last one, the last A, is the action. Now, the action is very, very, very critical. And why I say critical is this. You know, when people hear action, they will say, oh, okay, um, it's just go ahead and do the job. 
No, it's not just go ahead and do the job. The action is more like, how do you close the negotiation? How do you leave the negotiation room? And people get the assessment aspect. People get the assembling aspect. But then the final uh, icing on the cake, they miss it. And that is the action. When you are negotiating with your client and you guys have talked and you've seen the kind of job, you've told them, okay, based on what you say you need, this is all the things that I'm going to bring to the table. And they tell you, oh no, this is just one thing, one aspect. They tell you, oh no, we can't do this, 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 this. And you know, you know there that this is not going to work. You know it's not going to work. The best thing for you to do at that point in time is to tell them, oh, I'm sorry, this cannot work. There is nothing like, there is nothing like, um, um, okay, 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 no problem. And then you say, okay, no problem. And then you send them a mail afterwards. After you've left the negotiating room, you send a mail afterwards that says, oh, I'm sorry, what you said is not going to work. You knew this thing was not going to work before. You not telling them at that point in time, says two things now it's either you are afraid which means that you are not you are not even capable enough of doing that or you are not the one that is doing the job and it means that more like okay let me take this feedback to whoever i'm going to who is going to do the job and see what the person says and if there is anything that clients don't like is you are not the one doing the job and you portray yourself as the one doing the job that is one and the second thing that they don't like is you saying you can do something and not even sure of yourself. Clients don't like that. So when you are showing how unsure of yourself you are, you are showing how unsure you are of yourself and you are showing that you are not the one that is actually doing this job. You are shooting yourself in the leg and there is a high probability that you are going to lose that job. You are going to lose that project. You are going to lose that contract. So make sure that from the very onset one of the actions, if there is any terms or any conditions that the client has given to you that you feel is not going to be favorable to you, let them know at, from there that this is not going to work. I'll give you an advice. Whenever you are getting into a negotiating room, whenever you are going to negotiation, ask yourself two things. What do I stand to lose or what do I stand to gain if this does not work out? That's one. Now, the second thing that I need to ask is this. What do I stand to lose? Sorry, what does the client stand to lose or gain if this does not work out? Make sure you answer those questions because when you get to know, you will get to, you will know how much of authority you have going into the negotiating room. So make sure that if they bring offers that um, you don't like, that initial reaction, it matters a lot that initial reaction, it really matters a lot. If what they're offering does not work for you, let them know there, right there and there that this is not going to work. And this is the reason why this is not going to work. Mind you, some people are actually ignorant. So some of you might say this person is saucy and the whole thing, I know. Some people don't actually know. They are, they are ignorant, they don't know some of these things. So it's your job to actually explain to them some things that, okay, this is the reason why this cannot work. This is the reason why I'm saying that we need this. This is the reason why, I'm, why we need to do it this way. Because of this, because of this, because of this, because of this. Um, a client has once asked me and they wanted to do a rebrand. And I, they, I, they asked me, when I sent in my, my rate card, 
and he asked him, okay, which of the plans would I recommend for him to do? Of course, not just because of the, the fact that the premium is more money, but because I have worked with them before on, on the brand that he's rebranding. I've worked with them before and I knew what I had to do. There, there are some things that I kind of winged by myself, like I kind of created a, a pattern myself for that brand. They didn't have a guideline, they didn't have some of these other things. And so I told him, look, sir, if you ask me, I'll rather go for this because of the guideline, because they're of the, uh, all the deliverables that come with that. It's something that you need. If I was afraid of, hey, you, don't you think that he would say, you just want to eat my money? And then you recommend the cheapest, uh, okay, let me not use the cheapest one. You recommend uh, the standard, um branding deliverable and it says okay i go with that and then the time now comes when possibly another designer comes aboard and you're and like oh don't you guys have a brand guide and like no they don't and he calls back to you and like you didn't give me a brand i'm like eh i thought you not but how will you know how will you thought that would not when you're a designer you're supposed to be a professional in this so nothing stops you make sure you explain to them because some of these people they don't actually understand they don't understand some of these things so you need to explain to them I'm still on the actions now. So as I said earlier, your initial reaction, it matters a lot. If your way are going to be, if what they're offering to you, make is not favorable, waste no time in conveying it. Now, also, also, also understand and respect their own constraints. There is a reason why they are going to be saying no to your offer. There's a reason why they are going to be saying no to your demands. There's a reason why they are going to be saying, no, this is not going to work. And that is why I say that people might have done very good in assessments. They might have gone very good in assembling. But when it gets to the action, they mess up everything that they have done in the first two phases. So in the action now, people say what they do. People say certain things. And in all honesty, they are being honest with you. But you might come and feel like, no, this is the company standard. Or this is because I want to be a professional. This is what I must say. This is how it must be. This is how it must go. And it must go that way. It must be that way. And then you lose a job that is going to actually be very beneficial to you in a lot of ways. So always understand that nothing stops you from asking why. There is nothing in negotiation, in the negotiation room, there is nothing like too much question. In fact, uh, well, I would have said there's nothing like a foolish question, but actually there's a book that could actually ask foolish questions because the answers um, uh, are pretty obvious. So instead of saying that, I would say that there is nothing like too much questions. You cannot ask why, what, how, when, and where, and the whole thing. You cannot ask too much of that. You cannot ask too much of that. So make sure you know what whatever reasons they are giving try to understand why they are giving their reasons try to understand why they are saying that always 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 and always know what their constraints might be and let them also understand your point of view and then when i actually say, and then when i said um, the questions that you have to ask before going into the room this is where the answers play out and that is um, what the client stands to lose or gain by missing out on this project, that is if the project does not work out. When you are finalizing on it, let them understand that this 
that is if it's like it's falling out anyway if it looks like it's falling out let me let them understand why they need to do it and why they need to do it the way they are doing it all these things are things that you need to state clear before you leave that room when you leave the negotiating room or the negotiating table any other thing that follows after that is meant to be follow up it's meant to be follow up and not that you've left the negotiating room and then that is when you now start saying um sorry we can't do this we need to do this we can't do this we need to do this we can't do this we need to do this except if you that are going into that room you are not the financial maker from your own end which a lot of times does not help as i said which a lot of times does not help so um guys as i said honesty pays i mentioned my experience with the with the client who was looking for um, ui ux designer always and always tell them the truth always and always tell them the truth so guys in summary um the triple a uh, strategy is uh, at the assessment assemble and then action i already said the assessment is finding out exactly what is expected of you finding out um what you need to do what the project is about and all that is the assessment knowing all you need and then assembling is bringing knowing everything that you are going to be needing for the project and then the action is more like the round off of everything now of course um for those that send the rate card first or maybe they come to you and they ask um can i see your rate card and send it to them first still when you get to negotiating table still talk because there are times when you have to create a custom rate card because if um if you find out how the project what exactly the project is about and the whole thing and all the deliverables that they will be needing is not in your rate card then of course you have to create a custom rate card so that is why this process is very 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 important now this brings us to the end of um this podcast and as i always say make sure you hit the notification button on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on either anchor spotify google Podcasts, and all thank you once again for listening god bless you